Hey, this is Seth Scruggs, co-host of Rewatch. We're very excited to announce that we are going to be premiering a short film called Five Minutes. It was directed by me, and it was produced and written by Zachary Vaughn. We shot it back in December, and we're getting ready to release it on August 28th at 6 p.m. It will be premiering on YouTube as a live premiere. Uh, you can find all the information on Instagram at MarkSpotsTheX Productions. Following the premiere of the film, we are going to be hosting a live Q&A at 6.15 uh, where we're going to talk about the film and you can come out and ask us questions and we'll be excited to answer them. August 28th at 6pm with a Q&A following at 6.15, the premiere of 5 Minutes, a short film by Seth Scruggs and Zachary Vaughn. Hello and welcome to Rewatch. Uh, my name is Seth Scruggs and this is the show about movies we love and movies we haven't seen yet each week. Uh, me or my co-host Zachary Vaughn. Hello. Uh, we pick a movie that one of us has seen but the other hasn't and then we talk about it. Zach, we're in the same place this we week. We are in the same place. This is the third time? Fourth? Yeah. Third yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. This is the third time that we actually haven't seen each other in like a month. We've been doing probably these. since the last time we recorded. In I person. think that's right. I think that's right. Uh, you picked the movie for this week. I did pick the movie, and that movie is a quiet place. Cool man, which is starring and directed by John Krasinski and his wife Emily Blunt. She didn't direct it. She did not direct it, but she is also star. She also stars in it. That is true. Came out in 2018. It is a horror film. And boy, howdy, is it a horror film. <laughs> um, it's about a kind of apocalyptic world, end of the world-ish. Um, basically, these super sound-sensitive aliens that are blind invaded Earth, killed everything that made sound. The people who didn't make sound survived, and this is their story. There's a family of them, and one of them's deaf. Yeah. So it's it's... There's a lot going on in this there movie. Um, I don't even know where to begin, honestly. It's it's a lot. So, I mean, let's start with the acting, I guess. Um, yeah, it's good. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, John Krasinski kind of, I think, shocked a lot of people with this because he's known as Jim mm-hmm. on The Office, and he's pretty pretty well known for that. But he came into this and he's like, yeah, I'm going to direct a horror movie. And that was kind of out of left field. I mean, not, I mean, Jordan Peele did the same thing with Get mm-hmm. Out. Uh, so, yeah, his performance is great. I mean, but I think I think to me the standout performance was Emily Ball. Oh, my gosh. There's so, so many different times where she's just incredible. Mm. Oh, yeah. Like, so this is the second... Emily Blunt movie that we've talked about on this podcast. It is. And those two movies were done within about a year of each other. Pretty close because pretty close, she yeah. she was actually pregnant in this, I'm mm-hmm. guessing, which is why they, which Worth probably had something good. to do with it. Um, and they postponed Mary Poppins because she was pregnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, and so the range of those two performances is insane. Now, mm-hmm. this is not a silent movie. No. But there's very little dialogue. And I don't know how you feel about this. I think that it takes more to communicate without dialogue than it does with dialogue. Mm -hmm. 
Although there is, they do, they do, they do bridge the gap a little bit because they use sign language. Mm-hmm. But even then, it's mostly like just commands and acknowledging things. It's not like, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? Like, it's, yeah. it's telling people what to do and responding. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of the, for a lot of the film, the characters are kind of separated in on their own. Mm-hmm. And so they're put, they're each kind of put into positions, except for the kids. The kids are pretty much always with one or the other of either their parents or their sibling. But really, like, most of them are in, like, they're kind of on their own. And so they're forced to go into these situations, but you have to, they are communicating, especially Emily Blunt. I, mm-hmm. Emily Blunt kind of has this standout sequence where she descends into the basement while her water's breaking and she's about to give birth. She steps on a nail and has to like pull her foot off of this nail and then give birth with, while making as little sound as possible. Mm hmm. Because if she makes a sound, she dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, that That's insane to me. Yeah. And just the agony throughout that entire sequence. Because she is in like mountains of pain. Mm-hmm. And she can't make any noise. No. Like, like there's g- generally a lot of screaming in childbirth. On the on, part of on both the, uh, the, the mother and the child. Yeah. And one of them can't make any noise. Yep. And so, like, just, like, th- there's a good reason there's normally a lot of screaming during childbirth. There's a lot of pain. Um, a lot of pain happening. Not that, yeah. not that I've ever given birth and have any place to actually say that. Yeah. Well, like, and you can, you can yeah. see it. You can feel it. Definitely. <sighs> Definitely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She's, she's, she's amazing. Um, I think if the Academy Awards took this kind of movie seriously, she would have been nominated for Best Actress. Mm-hmm. But along with comedies and any sort of genre film, the Academy doesn't take this seriously. So she wasn't nominated. Um, and I think that's a, that's a travesty. This is a very short movie as well, which I think probably contributed oh, yeah. to that. It's only about 90 minutes, mm-hmm. uh, which is insane for the amount of for how stressed out i was in this movie it is ridiculous how short it is Mm -hmm. it feels a lot longer yeah we talked a little a little bit about that with once where it was like the first half went really slowly and the second half went really quickly Mm -hmm. this whole all of a quiet place passes by slowly Mm -hmm. for me i don't i don't know Slowly in that, like, it's, it's, it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't think it's like, it, it, it doesn't drag, but no, 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 it's no. a like, oh, come on, please, please be the end. Please be the end. No. Oh, come on. Like, yeah. Well, I think because we were trained that like silence is what happens when you're waiting for something to happen, especially in movies. And the whole thing is silent. Mm-hmm. So the whole time we're like waiting for something to happen. We're waiting for something to happen. We're waiting for something to happen, and it we're waiting for sound mm-hmm. and for someone to say something or something. 
and that we really only get that once or twice. And so there's no release from this tension of building silence. So it's like, man, this is going so slowly, but then you look up and it's been 45 minutes mm-hmm. and you're halfway through the film. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Millicent Simmons, who plays the daughter. Um, her, she's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Uh, so she's actually deaf. Mm-hmm. Um, and her character in the film is deaf which adds this kind of layer because she can't make a noise, but she also can't tell if she's making a noise. Mm -hmm. And there are several moments where the filmmakers put you, Krasinski, I guess, puts you in her shoes. So at the beginning of the film, we're about to spoil something um, really important. It happens like five minutes into the movie. But I think it counts as a spoiler. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. You see any screenshot of the full family afterwards? That's fair. No, not that it matters because we, we spoil this. Yeah. We spoil movies all the time on here. Yeah. Uh, the character, like one of the children dies at the very beginning of the film. And the way that's shown is through her lack of hearing. Mm-hmm. So he has this little toy and he, it lights up and makes noise. And she doesn't hear that it's making noise, but everyone else does. And we see the monster come and take the kid, but we don't really hear anything mm-hmm. because she can't hear anything. And it, I, it's really, really powerful. It's a really powerful way to tell the story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And she's, she just, she knocks it out of the park, I think. Yeah. Um, she brings a real, um, like genuineness to the to the role because she is living something that she's been through Mm -hmm. she's showing something she's been through so so as far as performances go did anything kind of stick out to you on a second go around i think the fact that throughout the movie they are terrified of something that they can't like that can't they can't necessarily see because it's not always there and so whenever they do little like tiny things that make any sort of sound and they're terrified and they just freeze with their eyes wide, it's incredible because like they have that fear over nothing. Because like literally like the actors, there's nothing there. Like it, there's like no, a grip isn't going to run out <laughs> from behind the camera and kill them. Like, yeah, I also... I also thought it was funny how the uh, John Krasinski's shush finger evolves from like completely open hand to like closed fist hand by the end of it. <laughs> yeah. Has nothing to do with the acting, but it's I just, just thought the, it was interesting. The, I was like, yeah, oh, look, a, he, is, he is so lazy with that. And then all of a sudden, oh, it's closed. <laughs> um, so something I wanted to ask you about, because you saw this for the first time in a theater. I did. So I did not because I just recently watched it. And currently at the time of recording this, all theaters are closed. Right. And A Quiet Place Part 2 was supposed to come out in March of this year, March, April, earlier in the spring. Um, but it is instead being released at the time of recording in September, probably later um, than that, uh, depending on when movie theaters reopen. My point being, this is the kind of film that seems to 
thrive on an audience, mm-hmm. on being in that audience. Because the from the stories of people that I talked to who saw this in a theater, a lot of what they talked about was how they were afraid when anyone else in the theater made noise and everyone was kind of in that together. What what was that like seeing it in the theater and then seeing it on your own? Yeah. You watch this, yeah, on your own. Um, it wasn't... I don't remember anybody making noise in the movie theater, but I do remember we could hear rain because it was raining when we watched it. I think I saw it with my brother. Um, it was raining and we could hear the movies in the other theaters. Um, it's oh, It's so mind-boggling how silent this movie is and how like that's how i didn't realize that 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 was that happened Um, that's crazy and then watching it the second time i was a little disappointed because like this is a movie that thrives on silence and so like i could hear other things (laughs) that like dogs barking music downstairs stuff like that um yeah and so that wasn't quite as nice. And also it was pitch black in the movie theater. And then I watched it before it was totally dark mm-hmm. here just because timing and all. Um, and so that was, it was a very different experience, but I was still just like enthralled. Yeah. Um, and uh, my roommate, my roommate hasn't seen it. And so he would walk by not looking at the screen <laughs> And, um, he, uh, he said, he said something and I told him that, okay, you might want to stay out of the room for this part (laughs) because it's a big spoiler. Um, but man, it's so good. It's, it's so good. Um, one of the things, I mean, I'm looking at the IMDb page right now. This is a very small cast, Mm -hmm. uh, which is not typical. I mean, it's six people that that are listed here i mean that's that's not a lot of people for a film um especially when one of your biggest uh expenditures on a film is your actors and your cast Mm -hmm. that's crazy to me like like how how few people are in this film and for so many films the way that you build the world is you have a lot of people walking around and extras or a whole world of things to get into but here the the way you built the world was you had less people around Mm -hmm. i mean that's the same in any isolated post-apocalyptic yeah movie story of any kind like unless the point is it's people surviving and rebuilding civilization Mm -hmm. afterwards if it's focused on survivors when it when it's a when it's a contained story there aren't mm. going to be as many extras. Yeah. Um, Which is true. Yeah. 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 But but for a big Hollywood film, that's not... You don't see that as much. Right. Um, you see it in a lot of really low-budget horror movies, mm-hmm. which I guess technically this falls into. Um, as far as... I'm not sure what the budget was for this film. But, like, a lot of times you see that that's, that's what the low-budget horror movies fall into. And... Horror movies are the kind of thing that make a lot of money no matter what they look like, mm-hmm. no matter how good they are, because there are people in small towns all across America who want a thrill ride when they go to the theaters, so they go and they watch horror movies. 
this movie is different than a lot of them. Mm-hmm. In a lot of those ways, first of all, it's incredibly silent. Mm-hmm. It's um, also incredibly good. It's also... <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. But since you did. The cinematography... Have you seen any other, like, traditional horror movies? Traditional as in not, like, B-movies? No, as in, like, like B-movies. Like oh, the, yeah. Yeah, like 13 the, cameras, 14 ca- No. 12 cameras, 13 cameras? One of them's 13 cameras. Yeah, yeah. They both suck. Yeah, but, like, the paranormal... Paranormal activities of the world. The... I haven't seen the mainstream B yeah, level yeah. movies. Yeah. Um, but things like that that are thrill righty, a lot of supernatural horror. Mm-hmm. Um, like Oculus? Yeah, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Gore horror, like those kind of things. I haven't seen a ton of them. I've seen a few um, because I was in high school and that's what people liked in high school. And so many of those are cold. Mm-hmm. Like, they take place in winter, like, they're cold in that sense. But then it's very blue, stale, really, a lot of stale mm-hmm. cinematography. Yeah. Um, and, like, everyone is dressed in, like, grays and blacks. Like, it's almost, like, monochrome, black and white. Quiet Place kind of bucks that a little bit. And I think that's kind of what sets it apart. Um, because it's filled with these, like, golden colors and all of the... Everyone's always wearing reds mm-hmm. and very warm browns, earth tones, like warm colors. Emily Blunt almost always has something colorful on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is really rare for this mm-hmm. kind of film. Um, so how do you think, do you think that kind of changed your perspective on it coming into it? Um, I mean, one thing I noticed as I was watching it was just this is incredible. Um, mm-hmm. I do, I think the... The intentionality in it is one of the big things that sets it apart from, like, B-movie horror Mm -hmm. movies. Um, Because, like, even though some of it's like, oh, this is obviously something that we're supposed to see so that we remember it later when it comes in Mm -hmm. handy. Also, having watched it, I understood that. (laughs) But, like, yeah, there's a lot... Like, you have to be intentional when there's no talking. (laughs) Yeah. And so, like, the fact that they couldn't just lazily tell everything that was going on and they had to build it silently, I think, shows um, a lot of of ingenuity on John Krasinski's part. Yeah, it's a very slow-moving movie, Mm -hmm. which is not common for... um, Films like this that are mm-hmm. that are tentpole-ish kind of movies. You know, John Krasinski and Emily Blunt are fairly big mm-hmm. stars. And a lot of times, you know, these movies are fast-paced action, quick cuts. But because of the nature of this, everything is very slow. Mm-hmm. The cuts are slow. The shots are slow. The shot movement is slow. Uh, and I think that really they did a great job at crafting a feel down to things like the production design and the costume design, the wardrobe. Everyone is always wearing something soft. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everyone is wearing sweaters. You know, there's a scene, Noah Jupe, who is kind of becoming like the it kid in Hollywood for a lot of things. Um, But he at one point is wearing a flannel underneath a sweater Mm -hmm. with like really soft pants. Um, 
the I, th- I think the attention to detail in that regard um, was great. I, I think that was really, really effective to me, at least. Mm-hmm. The average shot length is considerably long, considerably longer than most horror movies. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Which gives it a flow, a smooth flow instead of just a choppy. Mm-hmm. It's just there's a level of craft in this one that of the admittedly, admittedly I haven't seen many horror movies, mm-hmm. but. Of a lot of the horror movies that I've seen, it really just sets it apart mm-hmm. um, because it, it just it's it's a better every element is building toward the feel that the film is trying to get to. Mm-hmm. In a lot of a lot of horror movies, it's just about can we get to the jump? Can we get to the jump? Can we get to the jump? But here it feels like all of these elements are there for a specific reason. Mm-hmm. And ultimately it pulls it off. Instead of just being a movie about people being eaten by monsters, it's a movie about a family mm-hmm. trying to survive without encountering these monsters, but inevitably they do. Yeah, and it does what good genre pieces should do, which is it takes the genre, but it makes it personal. Mm-hmm. Before we started recording, we were talking about um, Christopher Nolan's work and how impressive it is that he is making these tentpole major films, but they're genre pieces, but they're also totally original, other than the Batman films, obviously. Mm-hmm. But even the Batman films, I think, are included in this, in that... What he's making are stories about individual characters. You know, Inception at its core is about a guy who just wants to get home to his family. Even Batman is just about a dude who's just trying to live his life mm-hmm. and and is in these extraordinary circumstances, obviously. But what's what works about those films is that he's telling these very human stories. And we're getting to the heart of that in the genre, despite the genre almost. Mm-hmm. And that's what A Quiet Place does well, as well, is that it takes those things and makes them into something even more than they were. Yeah. Um, and so it allows us to get to the heart of being a family when everything else is stripped away. Mm-hmm. So I think... This is the first film on our list. I'm looking over it very briefly. Sort of. It's it's pretty much the first film that really is getting a sequel. Mary Poppins Returns was a sequel. But A Quiet Place 2 is coming out soon. Uh, Zombieland. Zombieland was the other yeah. one. We did talk about Zombieland. But I want to talk about this, A Quiet Place 2, because in a lot of ways it, it was kind of a self-contained story. Mm-hmm. So what are your feelings, having seen it twice and picked up on a lot of the details, what, what are your feelings on there being a sequel? Because when, before I saw the film, I was a little bit disappointed that there was a sequel. So I want to hear your thoughts on it. I was, after, before I watched it again, I was very disappointed that there was going to be a sequel. Um, generally, I'm disappointed when there's a sequel <laughs> to any movie, like, um, but I do, like, I, I trust John Krasinski 
because he directed the first one and was in it, and he's John Krasinski. So I trust that it'll be worth it. Um, and like watching the movie, I paid close attention to the second part, and so the second part, the end. Um, and it does have a decent setup for a sequel, kind of, in that, like, oh, I bet it's going to be about them killing these monsters now, carefully, but, like, there's not much character in that, like, that's, uh, ah, shoot, what's his name, lot, I'm going to butcher this name, Laios Egri wrote a book called The Art of Dramatic Writing, um, and he says the first, the first thing you need for any movie is a premise. Um, I didn't take the time cause I didn't plan this. I didn't take, like, I don't know what I would say the premise for A Quiet Place is, but like, I think one of the reasons most sequels aren't as good is there is a specific premise that the characters fit with in the first one. And it works really, really well. And then you're putting characters into a new premise that they weren't, like, born into. And so it can work. It can be better. But oftentimes, it just sucks. Well, and there's the difficulty because, especially if you have a movie where you don't plan for a sequel. Mm -hmm. So... I think Avengers, we can, like, Avengers and the MCU and all of that can be kind of excluded in this because they're, those films were designed to have more than one. Mm -hmm. Every one of those films is designed to lead to another place. With something like A Quiet Place, these, this story was designed to fit into this 90-minute block and then kind of be done. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times you'll hear people say, We'll make a sequel if if we find the right story, if we find the right thing, if we do the right thing. And so what we were just saying about A Quiet Place, it's really at its core a film about family. Mm -hmm. It's really at its core a film about this family overcoming the odds, but also being together. And what does it mean to be a family and love each other despite even when all hell breaks loose, what do you do? Mm -hmm. And that's what they that's what they do here, is they they accomplish that goal and they realize the value of family. Mm -hmm. um, as as cheesy as that sounds, I think that's kind of what the point of the film is. Yeah. So now that they've kind of learned their lesson and they've grown and they've overcome the external problem of how do we kill these monsters, they're kind of like, I don't know. Like, I don't know where they're going to go with it. Yeah. Especially because... And this is another spoiler, but we've already addressed that we talk about spoilers. John Krasinski dies. Like, yeah. So unless it's like a new aspect of family, like overcoming grief, overcoming loss, they've already overcome from the other kid. Mm -hmm. And so like, I don't know, it's, it's gonna, I hope it's not shoehorned. I yeah. hope the story isn't shoehorned, and that's that's the danger with most sequels, is the story is shoehorned. The characters are shoehorned into a new story that is kind of 
relevant to the previous one. Yeah. Um, well, and it's hard because it, once your character has kind of grown and changed, the idea of a film is that you've, by the end of the film, they've grown and changed and they live in a kind of new world. Mm-hmm. And if they've grown and changed and they're in this new world, then you have to present new problems. Because with most films, a lot of times you give your character a central flaw. Something is wrong with your character. And by the end of the film, they either need to learn not to to get rid of that flaw, like to better themselves and get over that flaw, or to live with that flaw in a new way. And they get, they do that with this film mm-hmm. in, in a lot of different ways. They... She learns, uh, uh, Millicent Simmons' character learns to be herself. She learns that she's more than her disabilities. She learns that her disabilities can give her new abilities. She learns how to love her father and really connect with him. So there's all of these different things that she's grown and changed. So now, okay, she can kill these monster things, but how does that play into a new thing? And are we just going to reset the character to zero she's gonna be back where she was at the beginning of the other film and then start again or are we gonna give her something new to grow into Mm -hmm. and i think that's the difficulty of it is you have to give her something new to grow into or else you're just doing the same thing twice which is a danger for a lot of sequels Mm -hmm. it's kind of like the it's the disney channel sequel thing Mm -hmm. Where always the bad guy is the same character. Have you seen High School Musical, Zach? Yes. Have you seen High School Musical 2? I've seen High School Musical 1, 2, and 3. Excellent. Good. That's good to know because that's important in my next illustration. Sharpay Evans. Now, obviously, High School Musical is the pinnacle of cinematic achievement. Um, so it's important that we talk about it on this show. Uh, but we've both seen it, so we can't we can't talk about it. Um, oh darn! We can't do an episode on it. Too bad. But we can mention it. Sharpe Evans in High School Musical, two and three is like she. But like really, like she's reset to zero. Like the plot of every single High School Musical film is Sharpe is mean. Honestly, Gabriella her, is nice. Her, her brother, I think, has the most solid character arcs that is actually <laughs> kind of consistent. Yeah, but hers is like she's she's mean. She learns her lesson. She's nice. She's mean. She learns her lesson. And so, like, that's what I'm afraid of. Like, obviously, in a little bit more nuanced way than that. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of what I'm afraid happening with something like A Quiet Place too. Well, I mean, if you do the character right, and it's meant to be a one-off, mm-hmm. then there should... Like, the character is not ready for a sequel. No. And unless you, like... Unless you set it up and, like, have a drastic twist right at the beginning of the next one, which there could be. Yeah. Maybe. Like, it's really hard to do, it's really hard to give them the motivation from being, like, from having their catharsis. Yeah. Like, they've gone on this journey, and they've come to the end of their journey, <laughs> and now you're saying, hey, here's another journey grow more when you've already kind of done it yeah yeah it it'll be interesting to see what happens um i'm not i don't know i'm gonna see it i will probably see it i will i will yeah pretty much more than definitely see it 
uh, when that when that time comes. So, do you have anything more that you wanna you wanna add to the discussion about this film? There's a lot. There was a lot of stuff watching it a second time that mm-hmm. I was like, I could nitpick this. <laughs> like, there's a lot of like, okay, so this thing. They're they're really careful about not making any sound. Obviously, they make some sound, but some sounds that mm-hmm. it's like, okay. Does the sound of dice rolling on a Monopoly board really make enough sound to draw them? <laughs> and like running through sand doesn't. doesn't. Like sand is quiet. But running through sand, there's still, like, base that comes out of that. Yeah. Um, And the fact that, like, if you can scream your guts out at the waterfall, why don't you live at the waterfall? (laughs) It's a good point. Build a little hut. (laughs) Just, like, you've got access to fresh water. (laughs) You've got running. You've got running water. You've got nature's sewer. Like, so what I'm hearing is you would be really good at surviving in this. No, world. I would not. But <laughs> if I knew I could scream whatever I wanted at the waterfall, I would consider not living in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> far away from a waterfall. Like, I, I guess I, I can't argue with that. Like, you could you could loot a tent if you needed to, just put it right next to the waterfall. There are big tents. Yeah. Um, I don't disagree. Yeah. Granted, that doesn't change my rating of the movie. So, so are we to the point where we, you we can, give we, your can we can do that, uh, or I mean, we can, or we can dangle that out and be like, "Ooh, <laughs> what's this person's rating going to be?" Well, I, I think that I think that I'm. I mean, I this movie was great. Mm-hmm. I don't really know if I have anything more to say. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Other think than I that, um, I recommend it. I mean, like, it it was one of those movies that having seeing it only for the first time it really did take me for a ride um and in a way that i wasn't expecting to uh it it is immersive i really love immersive movies i think i mentioned it here before but like ruined is one of my favorite movies of all time so and i love it because it's so immersive and i think this movie did the same thing yeah so so with that said what is your rating and do you plan on rewatching this film so I initially rated it five out of five. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the first movie that upon rewatching it, my rating did not change. So, so five out of five, five out of five. Yeah. Nice. Nice. It's good. Cause like it, it takes the horror genre and does something completely new and nails, completely mm-hmm. nails the new, the new yeah. take. Yeah. So I, I take it you'll be rewatching it. Absolutely. Good. I gave this film a four and a half. Uh, honestly, I can't really explain the the half star 
off there. Um, uh, it's probably one of those that if, if and when I rewatch when I rewatch it, because I'm gonna rewatch it, it will probably go up. But for right now, I'm gonna let it sit at a four and a half. The ending was a little abrupt. Yeah, and like, it's a horror film. It doesn't have quite the depth of pick another genre. <laughs> yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. But like. Even then, it still it still had a bit of depth to it that most horror doesn't. I th- I think it did really well at bringing depth to a genre and a film that otherwise wouldn't have very much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All right. Well, you want to recommend something for me? Yes, I actually have mine ready, so we don't oh, even man. have to cut. Usually, usually we have to like pause and talk out what we're gonna say but uh this week's i guess is ready so that's good so my recommendation is get out by jordan peele it's another shock not shock movie but shock that it came from a man who was previously known as a comedic writer actor director producer a comedic filmmaker and actor um and it is not a comedy there's a lot of funny bits in it, but um, yeah, it's terrifying and awesome. That's probably one that we'll end up doing on this show at some point because I have not seen it, seen it yet. yet. Um, I've already seen it twice. <laughs> Bradley Whitford is in that, right? Josh Lyman from The West Wing. Yes, yes, yes he is yeah, the yeah. he is the the not father-in-law. Basically the father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Zach just started watching The West Wing, um, which is not my recommendation for this week, but everyone should watch it. Um, that's it's it's a good show. And it'll play into what we're watching next week. Mm-hmm. But give me a second, because I'm gonna suggest something before I do that. Uh my suggestion, it's kind of low-hanging fruit, I said before we started. Uh, but uh Hamilton, an American musical, just premiered on uh Disney Plus. So if you have access to Disney+, Plus, you can watch the original Broadway cast of Hamilton uh, from the show. I had seen this live um, and loved it. It's, it's, a, it's a great show. Uh, some really timely themes. Um, really just, yeah, all around very, very solid. The, the actual direction of the filmed version is really impressive, I think. I think that it captured a lot of what the show does really well. And like they're really well edited moments, which is not what you would expect from the filmed version of a live show. Uh, but it really injected a lot of energy into something that otherwise would have just been a camera pointed at a stage for the whole time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, highly recommend that. So what are we watching for next week? What are we watching for next week? Next week, we're gonna be watching Steve Jobs, it was a 2015 film, is a 2015 film, I guess, uh, directed by Danny Boyle. Um, I'm hoping I get, I got that right. I'm not looking at the IMDb page for that right now. Um, it was directed by Danny Boyle and written by our good friend, Aaron Sorkin. I um, wish. If Aaron Sorkin happens to hear this and wants to come be featured on this podcast, he would be very welcome. Uh, we have both watched his masterclass i'm almost finished with his masterclass i guess i haven't finished it been working on it for a while but he's great and we love him so if you wanted to join us for an episode of rewatch we'll watch whatever film he wants to watch um 
So yeah, uh, Steve Jobs, it was written by Aaron Sorkin. It stars Michael Fassbender and Kate Winslet. And it's a portrait of the man who created Apple at three different points in his life. Zach hasn't seen it yet, uh, so we'll be rewatching it in the next week or so. Uh, yeah. So I think we're done. Is that, are we done? We haven't done the social plug yet. We're about to do the social plug. I was, I, I was still going to do it. Okay. You still reminded me. Thank you. Uh, if you feel so inclined, you can follow me, Seth Scruggs, on Instagram, at Seth Scruggs. You can also follow me on Letterboxd, at Seth Scruggs. Zach, do you want to do your own social plug, or do you want me to do it for you? Uh, let me make sure I remember them. Um, <laughs> if you want to follow me, I am on Twitter, at Bashful Coyote, and Instagram, at Bashful Coyote and Letterbox at Zachary Vaughn. And that's all of my handles, but if we can get this to go viral and we can get Aaron Sorkin to notice, <laughs> then maybe, maybe we can have him on the show probably socially distanced or over a video chat. He he lives and, a he lives a fair bit away. And we can we can fanboy in his presence great. that would be great uh for your entertainment you can also follow mark spots the x at at mark spots the x pro- dot productions on instagram that's where you can see all of the things that we do and make and will do and will make and will do and will make um and i think that's everything i think so zach i'm still in your apartment so i will see you right after we stop recording and until we stop recording See ya. See ya.